and welcome back to another episode of Your Pocket Nurse, a podcast for student and graduate nurses. I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people as the original owners of the land on which I am recording on today. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Hello, today I'm joined by Eloise. She is a nurse unit manager in an emergency department and she's also been an educator in the past. So I'm super excited to have this <laughs> chat with you. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Thanks for coming. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm actually on an, a week of um, annual leave, so I'm just enjoying myself. It's great. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, yesterday I got asked to do a shift today and I was like, oh, no, no. I already picked up an extra this week. No, I'm don't like, do any more than one. <laughs> I know. It's just we have so many shifts on offer. Like today we had two vacancies for the morning and three for night shift. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like our department at the moment. There's overtime going every day. My intention's to take some here and there, but I just, I never, I never end up doing it. <laughs> no, you need to just, yeah, you need to just look after yourself. Switch off. <laughs> yes, definitely. So I usually ask everyone three questions sort of so we can kind of get to know everyone. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into all the ED questions, which I'm sure everyone is super excited for. Oh, sounds good. Yeah. So why did you want to become a nurse? And if you weren't a nurse, what job do you think you'd have? Um, I feel like I've been asked this before and it wasn't like, I feel like I never had like that light bulb moment that I'm like, oh my God, I want to be a nurse so badly. Like it's ingrained in me. Um, I just sort of fell into it. Um, I don't have any nurses or doctors in my family. Um, yeah, I applied for in year 12 when I applied for uni the next, like, for the following year, mm-hmm. um, I applied for nursing because I did like, do you know how in year 10 you do like work experience? So I did work yeah. experience as a nurse oh, and nice. I guess, yeah, I was a bit like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll apply for nursing. And um, I loved English at school. I did really well at English. So I actually applied to do journalism as well. Okay. Um, so that's something, yeah, that I would have loved to have done because um, I like writing um, rather than like speaking. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I got, I didn't get into that. And then I got into nursing and I guess I was a bit like, well, I guess I'm going to be a nurse. And then that's yeah. sort of how it all started. And I was lucky that it worked like that because I literally couldn't imagine doing anything else. Mm, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Like you often think about other jobs and then you think, oh wait, I actually not want to do that at all. Yeah. I just feel, and I feel like being so young, you're like, you have no idea what you want to do for the rest mm. of your life. Like, so I think I was just like, okay, like I've gotten into that. I guess I'll just do that and just see, like give it a crack and just see how it pans out. And it's, yeah, it's worked out perfectly. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I guess it's so true. Like, I don't know how they expect us to decide at 18 or 17 oh my God. or whatever. Like what yeah. do you want to do for the rest of your life? Because you know, I guess we're lucky, like we kind of figured out earlier we want to do nursing. But there's yeah. so many people that just feel so, you know, lost and then, you know, it would be hard then you feel like, oh, everyone else knows what they want to do and I don't. It's yeah. It's a lot of pressure. It's so much pressure and you sort of think, oh, my God, this is something that I'm going to, like when you're that age, you sort of think, oh, my God, this is something that I'm going to have to do five days a week for the rest of my life. Like mm. there's a lot of pressure on this. <laughs> I know. I often think like. Because we're all going to be working until we're older and older every, you know, year. I think I'm going to be doing this job for like at least another 40 plus years. Like that's scary to think. <laughs> you know, when you do your APRA um, registration and it's like how much longer do you um, 
does it like plan on being in this profession or something and it's like, like oh my god like 30 40 years shit I know it's just yeah it's just bizarre like yeah how it is but yeah it's great yeah um so I guess this because you're already working in emergency but I suppose mm-hmm. when you first started out as a nurse like what area of nursing did you want to work in and do you feel like you're in the area you want to eventually work in Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like, um, I don't know, I feel like coming into, like, when I finished my bachelor, I remember thinking, okay, I just need to get a job and just start work. Like, I didn't have much belief in myself, in all honesty, um, and sort of just thought, I just want to get a job somewhere, and then I'm just gonna, like, they'll just place me on my new grad. It wasn't so much, like, I never really had big aspirations to be a peds nurse or I want to do retrieval or this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of was just like, I just need to get through this year and just get through working and just being a nurse like I've never done it before um so I didn't like I didn't really have major expectations so I was just lucky like oh I don't want to say lucky but on my first rotation was in oncology um like I was literally like what's oncology like what (laughs) is that (laughs) yeah um and went there I was just turning 21 when I started there um and I remember I was just like oh my god like I was facing my own mortality there. Like it was quite heavy um, mm, for being so young. I was, yeah, I was literally like, oh my God, like all these people are dying. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm 20 years old. I don't know how to have these deep conversations. I don't know how to look after someone who is dying um, mm-hmm. and connect with their family. And it was just, it was a lot. And I felt like it was like very mind blowing for me at such a young age. Um, but I was meant to be there for six months. And then for some reason it got cut short and my facilitator said to me, you're going to ED after like three months. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I thought yeah. I had another three months here. And I was loving it at that point. Um, but then I got just, I literally just got moved to ED and I just sort of rocked up in ED. And that was like such a culture shock. I remember just being like, oh my God, this is chaos. <laughs> like, yeah, I would be, It was just horrific. At the start, I had no intention of staying there. I didn't think that I was going to be good at being, I I'd never been to ED myself. It was just mm-hmm. all so unfamiliar. Um, and so many people were like, oh, you're too soft to work here. Um, you're so sweet. Like you won't last long here. And uh, oh. I hate those sort of comments. No, like it's, it's like, too much. Well, I can be tough if you need me to be. Oh, like... I'm soft and strong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I feel like I'm the same. Oh, for sure. Like, and I just, I hate it when people frame it like that. You're too soft. You don't have to be hard ass to work in ED. Like Mm. you're physically and mentally very strong, but of course you're soft and compassionate and caring. Um, But yeah, I, it was a whirlwind. The first two months there was, I was just like, this is, I'd go for my tea break. I'd come back and all my patients were gone. What happened to them? Where did they go? Oh my God, are they okay? Um, Yeah, it was just, it was bizarre but then after like a good three months and like the penny sort of dropped and I'm like oh my god I love this place so much like mm. I just want to stay here for as long as I can I just love it like picturing myself working in resus or triage I, I don't know I met a few people that believed in me and that helped me heaps and something just clicked and then I just I literally just loved it and I didn't look too far ahead like I didn't look like in five years I want to do this in five years I want to do that I just mm-hmm through the first six nine months and it, it was great and I, I literally couldn't I don't know where I'd work other than ED. <laughs> I 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, because yeah, it's such a interesting area. I haven't like had a placement in ED before, and mm. like I guess lots of people, it's like ED or ICU. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, I know. Like there's like yeah. three hot areas that everyone wants to work in eventually, and it's just so hard to know like where you actually want to work until you start working in that area. Oh, for sure. And that's the thing. Like, how do you know? what? The thing mm. is, it's like you don't know what you're good at. Like, you can't be like, oh, I want to be a cath lab nurse because I would be so good at that. Like, you don't know until you actually go and experience it. I was just lucky that I fell on my feet there and that I loved Mm -hmm. it. But, like, some people don't have that and they have to search for a bit longer and 100% do that. Like, move around a bit, get experience. Because you want, like, like we're saying, you're going to be a nurse for, like, what, 60 years or something. So you want (laughs) to enjoy it and just, like, love it. Yeah, I know. It's just I wish there was more like opportunities to just like do a, like obviously it's hard with the pandemic, but like do a little oh, yeah. one day stint in different areas, like yeah. like as a grad or something. Because like I wanted, like I'm now leaning towards more ICU eventually. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, oh, but what if I, what, what if I do actually want to be an ED nurse? Because I've always thought about you know critical care. I just you know I just like that thinking processes and everything, but. You just never know it until you get in there. And then what if you oh. hate it, you know? Oh, for sure. Some people are literally like, I'm a crit canist, like through and through, like send me to ED and they get there and they're just like, oh, my God, this is like not what I expected. Mm. But that's the thing. You just have, you've got to try it. And everyone's um, like experiences are so different. Like I honestly never would have thought that I would have ended up in ED. It's just so foreign to me, like thinking about it as a 18, like 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like I just, yeah, I would have never have thought it. So, but give it a try. Like hundred percent. If if anyone's thinking about doing it, you just got to like throw yourself in and give it a good crack. Yeah, it's so competitive to get a rotation in it. I know. Like for me, I put ED as my top preference because it's oh, like yeah. everyone wants ED. That basically <laughs> applies. So if you don't put it at number one, then like you're not going to get it. So I just thought, yeah, I just put it there. But then, to be honest, like when I talked to the grads that were in ED, and I was like, "Oh, thank God, I didn't get it," because I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for it, because it just seems, especially with COVID right now, it just seems oh. like chaos, like you said. The, honestly, <laughs> the grads that are working in ED at the moment, hats off to you. Honestly, mm. I would have like, I was, I started as a, I was literally a new grad like almost twelve years ago now, and I still remember like pairing up with a nurse, and they would get, she was giving the handover. I'd work the whole morning shift. She was giving the handover. I could barely contribute anything. And she's mm-hmm. like, this person's had a stroke and this one's had a non-STEMI. We've started the heparin infusion. This one's got like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, is that what's happened? Is that what's <laughs> happened while I've been here? Like but I couldn't dare say that. I was literally just like, oh, these people sound so sick. But I just didn't know what I was doing. I was just being tasked to do things. But yeah. I had not – and that was like a good six weeks, like no joke, like six to eight weeks. I was just floundering, had no idea what was going on. But that's normal. Yeah, it's hard. I feel like, yeah, sometimes like when you start, you are very like task orientated because yeah. your time management is not your best friend at that stage and you're just trying to like tick off everything to keep your patients alive basically. You know what oh, I mean? Like for doing sure. all the things that are most important and then, yeah, and then you go back to read the chart and they're like, oh, this yeah. is what happened, you know. Oh, is that what that was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> literally oh it's so true though but yeah huge like so much respect for all the new grads that are in like crit care or every any Mm. area like at the moment it would be so hard so hard 
it's an interesting time, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the final sort of question for the little recap start is what has yeah. been your favourite clinical moment or experience, whether it be on placement all those years ago or at work currently? Oh, this I was sort of sitting on this question. I'm like, oh, my God, what's been my favourite moment? <laughs> like it's yeah. hard to like pinpoint it because like I've seen so many amazing cool gruelly things that I could like go into like talking about like clinically but I feel like the first thing that sort of came to mind when I was thinking about this question I sort of thought it was actually so nice just when the penny dropped and I felt like I wasn't drowning like Mm -hmm. and that was the first time that I actually thought oh my god this is actually something that I think that was like the validation point that I was actually like I'm actually good at this and can do this and I'm really enjoying it and it Mm -hmm. just was almost like yeah I don't know it's like that was like my light bulb moment where I'm just like this is actually absolutely where I'm meant to be and I'm really enjoying it like I I have a really bad memory but that's something that I remember (laughs) no that's distinctively yeah like and I just thought I never thought that I would be that person that would be good at it sort of thing so Mm -hmm. I feel like that was the best experience just being like oh my god I feel like I'm on top of things and I'm good (laughs) yeah it's interesting to like sort of pinpoint that transition because I feel like for my first six months it's just so much like learning and then like once like you settle into the ward you're like oh actually like I'm not too bad at my job you know it's like yeah like everything's going well like I feel like on top of things and I feel like, yeah, sometimes you don't need a big, big moment yeah. to make it be like, wow. Like it's just those little things every day that you feel like, oh, actually, you know, it's a really yeah. good experience. Yeah, like you think about it and I'm like, oh, I've seen like an open thoracotomy. We put someone on ECMO. Like there's heaps of cool, fun things. But mm. that, like for me personally, that was probably the best um, moment. Yeah. Lovely. I love that. <laughs> also, talking of ECMO, I've just sort of discovered it. Like I, mm. because I guess they never, I never learned about it at uni and then everyone's like talking about ECMO because of COVID obviously, because lots of COVID patients are going on it. And um, I was like, yeah. whoa, like so ECMO this, is so this is, cool. Yeah. So ask an ICU nurse about it. Honestly, they would be like, this is not meant to happen in ED. They were just very exceptional circumstances. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's actually so incredible. Mm. That's, I think that's. One of the best things to work in ICU that I've never done um, is work in ICU. What happens like afterwards and all like they have so many tubes and like pumps Mm -hmm. and infusions coming out of them. It is incredible. Like it's, I think it's happening a lot more now, I guess. Like I've only ever seen it in our ED twice and it, it, I guess it's not meant to happen in EDs. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's something that I would want to explore further well actually I did I had thought about being a perfusionist about a year or so ago um Mm -hmm. but yeah the stuff that your body does and what we do to people is incredible it's crazy yeah I think that's what's like so interesting um about ICU you know like it's Mm. just everything they do and even sometimes I wander down into CCU at work you know, they're giving all these cool infusions and, you know, all the vasopressors and, like, oh. everything that they're able, like, you know, they're sort of controlling, you know, the body. Everything, It's, it's really yeah. strange to think about, like, but they are, like, the medications they're giving is keeping this person alive and without that they would be dead, you know? Yeah, literally. And I think that's just so 
interesting and you know their thought patterns you know like sometimes I like listen to them talk and I just you know just soak it all in and I'm like whoa like oh you know, you it's know actually, so much it's so incredible and I even I sometimes remember thinking I remember seeing my first cardiac arrest which isn't like the most awful thing but I remember thinking like when they got a ROSC and then all of a sudden I'm like I went home I was on my drive home and I'm like oh my god like their heart stopped mm-hmm. and then we started like manually pumping it mm-hmm. and then it started again and now it's, it's just going to keep going. Like it's such a bizarre thing. Like nursing in general is just so bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so interesting. I feel like it's just, yeah, like I, there's just so much, you know, that we can do. It's just, yeah, it's cool. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great career. It's so exciting to talk about. I know. I feel like when you talk about it with like non-nursing people, they just are like, what are you talking about? Could you like, about, oh, yeah. I just love the human body. <laughs> oh, no, imagine, right, having this conversation over a cu- like, cup of coffee with someone and them just being like, what? Like, yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I know. It's great. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, can you tell me a bit about yourself um, and how many, well, you've said you've worked in ED for 12 years, but, yeah, and you've already discussed a bit about oncology. So did you just continue mm. working after your graduate in ED? Yeah, I just stayed there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I stayed there and I became, like, I guess over the years I became a CNS um, and I did a post-grad, well, I did my master's actually um, about, like, maybe three or four years, maybe three years into being an emergency nurse because I wanted to, I just started working in resus and I wanted to like understand it all or sort of get the most out of what I could get my first two or three years and then did my master's and then, yeah, became a CNS and then we had a clinic actually in our ED um, that you did like extended practice stuff and people came back to the ED 24 hours after they were seen in ED. So these people that we wanted to sort of safety net and there was a senior person, you sort of like run your own clinic. So then I started working. Yeah, it was great. It was actually a great opportunity. It's closed down now, but it was really good. Um, Did this clinic. So I did extended practice stuff and then I became a CNS too um, and started working in that role. So it was just, you're still in ED, but then you're just running this sort of clinic. So was different Mm. and you sort of work with the doctors a bit more um so that was fun like that was great and then I think as that sort of closed I started to get into education and I did a clinical nurse educator secondment um so did that for a bit and then got my manager's job but then went back to education and then I've gone back to management again so (laughs) I've actually been lucky enough to sort of bounce between the two um And I think I was lucky to have a really good manager that supported that because I feel like you get to a certain point in a department and it's a bit like, maybe it's just our or where I worked. It was a bit like, okay, do you want to be a manager or do you want to be an educator? Mm -hmm. And I was a bit like, I want to be both. And I like it. Like I like both and I'm good at both. I don't know. Like, so I feel like it's just something that I would love to be able to like encourage people to do, try and do a bit of both. Like you don't have to be defined by one or the other. Like just because when I go to work, I'm doing my manager's role. I'm a senior resource person. I'm happy to teach on the floor. I'm happy to show you things. I'm there to support people. Like I'm not just Mm -hmm. like, oh, I've got my manager's hat on today. I'm not doing that. Um, I feel like that's something that I have unique that I can give back in my department. Um, But yeah, I haven't worked. I've done some comments in different, like, 
in one other hospital, which was nice because I'd never worked in another hospital or department before. I'd been in the one place. Um, so that was good. Um, but yeah, I just haven't, I haven't really left. I think about different opportunities all the time, but I'm just still there. It's, I've had so many good opportunities, so there's absolutely no, no regrets. Yeah, that sounds really amazing. And I think it's important because, yeah, sometimes I do feel that people are just sort of like, oh, this is my role. I'm not going to yeah. do anything outside of my role. But yeah. Because, yeah, like educating is like every nurse is an educator. You know what I mean? Like oh, we for all sure. Duty to, you know, teach, you know, someone junior or, you know, mm. senior if they need a, you know, a reminder about like how to, do, you know, even like I feel like as a grad, like, I guess I've been showing people how to do things on EMR, like to the yeah. you know, A-nums and they're like, oh, I didn't know this. And I was like, yeah, well, there you go. You know, and I feel like everyone has a role to play. Oh, and for guess, sure. And that's, that's you know, like NB, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's in your standards. Like that's what, yeah. that's part of your registration. You need to, and that's the thing, like someone said to me years ago, um, you should share your knowledge. And I remember thinking like, oh, but I don't want to sound like, I don't want to say like, I don't want to sound like a wanker, but I was like, oh, really? And yeah, she said to me, it was in an appraisal years ago. And she said, you should share your knowledge rather than like be proud of it and share. And you Mm -hmm. like, you should do that. And I was like, okay, yep, yep. So I really took that on. And I would give that advice to so many people now and say, you're not in competition with anyone here. Like you need to, that you need to share your knowledge and pass it down. And that's like absolutely what everyone should be doing. We all have something to offer, whether you're a student nurse, a new grad, a director of nursing, <laughs> like whoever you are, yeah. you're just someone with experience and knowledge that should absolutely be passed on. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Yeah. Um, so what else? And apart from like, so in ED, do you mm. like, can you talk us a bit more about like, if you need to do like post-grad to be able to work in recess or like are there any limitations if you don't have any additional qualifications or is that sort of just expected that once you get into ED and get some experience, you're going to do some extra study? I feel like, I feel like now, like over the past five years, it's, it's almost like an expectation, which like it shouldn't be. I feel like you should be able to still learn and like there's lots of resources that your education team can give you like in your department. Um, but I just feel like it's a way of life now that you sort of, yeah, it's, it is like a bit of an expectation that you do a postgrad, but not everyone can do it. Like not everyone's in that situation that they can. Mm. Um, so it's quite it, expensive and like, oh my God, you know, you also time as well. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. A lot of people are entering nursing a bit older and they've got kids and a family and they just can't, can't do it. I, I would personally think that I wouldn't want to hold anyone back in my workplace if they physically couldn't do it, if they're showing initiative and they want to learn and they're a great nurse, like crack on, like definitely yeah. like work through. Um, but I, yeah, I, I loved it. I definitely apply for scholarships. I got a scholarship through um, ACN, which mm-hmm. paid for my whole master's, which was, oh my God, oh, such a help. That's yeah, amazing. Like, oh, huge help. So definitely like look into scholarships and stuff to do it to give you a bit more of an incentive. But it's actually like it's so good. I I did mine three years. Um, I'm sure it was three years working in ED and then I did it. And I loved every minute of it. It was so good. But I'm a bit of a nerd like that. Like I like studying. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, would highly recommend a postgrad just for your – yeah, for sure. It's, it's honestly great. Amazing. 
Um, so can you talk us through a bit about the routine of an ED? Like how does an ED actually work? Because yeah. obviously <laughs> wards are a bit more structured. Like we've got yeah. OBS at the same time, meds, showers, yeah. bed making, meals, etc. But like how does an ED run? It's literally like it's organized chaos. Like I think to anyone just walking in, they'd be like, oh, my God, this place is chaotic. But it's all organ- It's organized. It's great. Um, but it is chaotic, which I love because I perform better under pressure. Like, give me an hour to organize something and I'm like, I can't. Just Mm -hmm. give it to me on the spot and I'm done. Like, I'll make quick decisions and I perform better under pressure. Um, But that's the thing. I think you need to, like, if you're coming to ED, you've just got to let all that go. Like, I remember coming from oncology and I had, um, I got in a really good routine of writing my, um, like, the timesheet for the day. Yeah. And I knew exactly what I needed to do. But then I got so focused on if something happened in between that interrupted that next thing that I needed to do, I would get a bit flustered. Mm-hmm. Um, so my timesheet literally got like ripped up in ED and was, they're like, absolutely not, you're not using that. I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> but I think you just need to go, like you need to just go with it. You get handover and then you just, you're prioritising from the word go. Like as soon as you get handover, you're literally thinking in your head, okay, who am I working with? What are the priorities? What do we need to get done first? And then we need to regroup. So you're literally just prioritizing, doing, communicating, prioritizing, Mm -hmm. doing, communicating, and just don't let it ruin you. Like if something comes of left field that comes up quickly and you need to reshuffle that, you just have to be open and flexible and just adapt sort of thing. And if you try to run the ED, you're not going to enjoy it. You need to just let it run you and you need to just sort of just – yeah, just adapt and just be open. Yeah, I guess that's it, a really yeah. good skill to have in nursing because let's be honest, your patients can deteriorate at any time, you know, and yeah. it's like, oh, but you're not mentoring my time plan as says you can't deteriorate right now. Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. I meant to, I know? have a, something else I need to be doing right now. Like mm. <laughs> I can't, I don't have time for this, but that's the thing. I think the core thing in ED is that you're actually just looking after like critically unwell, undifferentiated patients that you don't know why they're here. You need to figure out what's wrong with them. You're thinking worst case scenario and working your way back. And that's mm-hmm. the, you're just doing A to E, A to E, A to E, or however far it goes now. You're literally yeah. just prioritizing, reassessing, stabilizing, reassessing, escalating, reassessing, communicating. It just goes on and on. And that's like the best bit. Like they come in super sick, but then you stabilize them and they're better. And that's Mm -hmm. like, that's ED, like that's the best thing ever. And just be like, oh my God, all this stuff we did for them worked. Like that was so good. Like it's, yeah, it's a really good place. And you just like, you have the randomest patients, you meet the randomest people. Like there are so many things that like make me laugh every single day. As as heavy as it can be, there's just the funniest people that come through those doors. It's so good. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) Like I've got um, a few friends in ED and yeah, like the stories they tell me, I'm like, surely not like that did not happen yeah yes it did (laughs) they're hilarious like and not in a judgmental way they're just so funny like I'm like in my personal life or whatever I'm a bit of an awkward like person but I just like when I'm at work I don't know you just meet the fun and yeah you just meet all these walks of life that you would never Mm. be exposed to in your day-to-day life and it's just it's so eye-opening it's great and this is like 11 years on I'm still like in awe of it it's yeah, it's That's such a good and place you to seen, be. Like, so many different like presentations and everything. Like you would have seen so much. It's yeah, it's cool. like and that's the thing. You you get like 
when you first start there, you're like, oh my God, like I'm an oncology nurse. Like, what do you mean I have to work up a chest pain patient? Like what, this is so foreign to me. Mm. Um, and it seems so big at the start, but then the more you sort of think, okay, what are the common presentations? I've got a seizure, I've got a head injury, I've got a renal patient, I've got this and that. And you just learn a little bit about each um, sort of patient group as your time goes on. And then it all just comes down to prioritizing, stabilizing, and just accept that, like, you don't know everything about everything. Like, you're just going to know a little bit about heaps of stuff, which is completely fine. Yeah. And I find, do you find that you're able to relate, like, past scenarios? Like, you've seen a patient present in a similar way and you're like, oh, this looks similar. Like, now I kind of know what to do with them. Oh, for sure. And as a new grad, you, yeah, it's almost like a bank of questions and red flags that you have in your head that they say, oh, I've come in with a headache. And you're literally just like, okay, these are the bad things. Okay, was it sudden? Was it gradual? Where's the headache? How bad mm-hmm. is it? What does it feel like? Have you got this? Do you have a fever? Like, it's just like this bank that sort of like opens up that just becomes more familiar the more you do it. And that's mm-hmm. over. That's just over time and exposure. Like, you just need to give yourself time and it will come as time goes on. Yeah, 100%. Like, even now, like you know, I've got patients coming in with similar things like cardiology. Mm. I'm feeling more confident because it's like, well, no, this happened last time. Now I know what I'm going to do. Because before yeah. I was like, you know, running for help, someone help me. I don't know what to do. And then, you know, they're able to help me because they've seen this happen before and they're like, oh, that's, you know, all good, whatever. Yeah. But without that experience, like you, you don't know what to do. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you don't come out of nursing like when you graduate as a nurse and you start your job, like you've never, you've never been a nurse before. Like mm. there's this expectation that like you're a registered nurse now, but I, that's something I struggle with that. I was like, I, I haven't done this before. And now all of a sudden I'm working as it, like, I don't get it. Like, yeah. so you need like a strong mentor and you need to gravitate towards the people that are helping you that, uh, I don't want to say that are just smart, but the people that will actually help you like, yeah. and just gravitate and just hold on to them and just take them, for all that they're worth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's really important to find someone that's sort of like willing to like have, take the time to explain things to you and everything, especially when you're new. You need yeah, that Yeah, you need mentor. that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of questions regarding like coping in eating oh, yeah. like as a person. Like how do you cope with just like, um, like going into work and just rocking up to a busy shift because – you know, you've obviously, things just continually get handed over from shift to shift, Mm. you know. So how do you find, like, how do you become resilient and adaptable? Yeah, I think, like, I've had conversations with people about this before, like, touched on it. Um, it, Like, I'm not going to lie, like, it's hard at the start. Like, I'm very much a perfectionist and I want, I always, I thrive on feedback and I always want feedback. Um, But sometimes, like, you know, when you're new and you get that feedback where someone tells you, oh, you should have done this or you could have done that. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, and I would take it home and carry it for like a week and be like, oh, my God, why did I do that? I should have done that. And like ruminate on it. But I just got to the, like, you can't do that. Like, you need to just take it on board, but then just move forward and be like, okay, I appreciate that. And I need to just move forward. And I'm just very much like, I work an hour from where I live. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I don't know. I I have these like weird ritual type things where like I never wear my shoes when I'm driving to work, like my work <laughs> shoes. Never, That's like so weird. ever. 
I like drive to work. I listen to music. I'm not going to listen yeah. to anything work related if I feel overwhelmed. I'm just like, I'm going to listen to some fun music and make a yeah. phone call and have a chat. And then as soon as I put my work shoes on, when I like park at work, then I'm like, okay, work mode, I'm in work mode and get there and do the shift. And then when the shift is over, like take my shoes off and just drive home and give myself like that 45 minutes or whatever to think about it or stress over it, whatever I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And then I just think by the time I get home, I'm home and I just can't do it anymore or get to the shower and just sort of like wash the day off and be like, okay, I'm done with it because you just, you can't like regret what you did or what you, you need to learn from it, but you need to just look into the future as well and be like, okay, whatever it's done, like moving yeah. on. Um, and it's hard. It's anything time. from home. You know what I mean? Like once yeah. you're home, you're, you're away from work. Like you can't change anything now. You know? oh, it's like Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to I think say, it's yeah. – oh, sorry. I thought it cut you. Sorry. And I sort <laughs> of just right. think like people need to realise as well, like it's not just you. Like we mm. all have shit days and like it's not your fault. And the thing is as well is that like – yeah, you want to have this perfectly like this everything all neat and tidy with a bow that you want to hand over it like hand over time to just to explain like how much work you've done and get gratification for that you've done such a good job. But mm. the thing is it's so messy and you just need to understand that it's a 24-hour job and mm. whatever you hand over, yeah, maybe there are things that you should have done. Uh, but if but you can't, like, you can't do it all. We work as a team and just you can't be super harsh on yourself. There's a fine balance between, um, like, worrying about it but not ruminating on it and but learning from it. Those people that don't learn from it go, oh, whatever, I'm just going to hand it all over. They're the ones that you need to worry about. It's more when you're panicked and worried about things, mm-hmm. you need to just let, you really need to let it go because it'll ruin you. And that's when you become burnt out because you have this huge expectation of who you should be, who, what you should have done rather than just doing it. Like if that sort of makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and like do you have from, you know, all your rituals and things like that. Is there anything else that helps you avoid burnout in eating? Like you would see like a lot of, mm. I assume, traumatising things and how do you deal yeah. with all that? I think it's – it's you can't, you can't personalise it. I think it's one of those things that you need to come to terms with. If something tragic happens – it's it's absolutely awful and we're all human and it's mm. soul destroying sometimes and you just feel shattered um but it's it's not your worst day it's actually about them and it's yeah. their worst day and it's that family's worst day and they they've just had this life altering event um that no matter what you say or what you do it's the worst day of their life and that's like their moment it's not actually about you um so I feel like it's a fine line. Like you should de- de- absolutely talk about it, talk to your family, talk to your friends about it um, in a respectful sort of way that it, it was, that was their thing. Um, mm. But talk about it. I think you have to um, do a hot debrief, like in the moment after it's all done and it's all finished, like you should try to call a debrief with anyone was, that was involved so we can all offload and nip it in the button, talk about it on the spot. The worst resources is when it was just a schmozzle and everyone comes away from it feeling crap um, and no one pulls you all together to just debrief and just talk about it as humans, like not Mm -hmm. as like you should have done this, you should have done that, just a 
like just a quick oh my god that was horrific how's everyone feeling like um yeah let's just talk about it. you have to debrief with stuff like that and I think it's better in the moment you don't want to think about it and overthink it for two or three days and then your manager or someone say let's have a hot debrief and it's like well it was three days ago like yeah. I wanted to talk about it on the spot so definitely debrief um but that's the thing ED nursing's hard like you literally are faced with your own mortality in it all. You're literally thinking, oh, my God, that that's my – she's my age. That's mm-hmm. my mum's age. Oh, my God, I have a headache. Do I have this? Like, yeah. it's it's hard, but um, you get used to it. It's just – just talk about it and, like, seek help early. If you, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, I think it's really important to debrief because, yeah, like, I find, like – I'm a real overthinker. Like I'll go home yeah. and I'll just think and think and think about that shift. But it's like, mm. you know, you know, I could have done everything right, but I'm just thinking, did I document that? Did I put that on? You yeah. know, like those little things. And then, and then you get to like a big event, like, you know, and I felt like, like something happened at, to me at work and mm. like, I felt like that in the moment the educators were like, yeah, you know, supporting me. And then it's like, oh, 4.30, oh, we better go home now. And then yeah. so then they left me and I was like still crying and everything at work. Oh, and then that's no, the worst and then feeling, no one, isn't it? Like the next day, you know what I mean? Like oh. the other nurses were there. But it's like, like, like you sort of caused this for me and now you're just leaving oh. me. You know what I mean? Oh, it's that's just, the worst. Yeah. Yeah, it's just hard it, because it's worst. like why, like you know, I think <laughs> debriefing is so important because yeah, in the moment because it's like I don't really want to. And then she came up to me like two or three weeks later, and she's like, "Oh, that shift in the end," and I was like, "Um, it happened ages ago." Like, yeah, know, like, like I, and I've really written my resignation. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> the time, like, you need to capture it in that time to debrief. Then, like, if you bring it up later, then that's just like, oh, I finally just got over it and now you just bring it up. Yeah, again. it's hard when it's something is such a priority to you but mm-hmm. to them you don't know what was going on in their day, what they were doing, what they were stressed out about. They had other priorities. Exactly. But when something's so important to you, it makes you just really realise though as time goes on, if something bad is happening or you see someone like on the brink of tears, like don't turn a blind eye, like walk over there mm-hmm. no matter what's going on. Like, please just stretch yourself that little bit further and just walk over and be like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, do you need yeah. to take 10? Like, always, it's a good lesson to just make sure that, like, you don't have to be in a certain position or role to be able to do that. Just always check in with each other. And just even if you just don't have it in you, just always walk over and ask. <laughs> it might just that so might just be all they need. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it was really good because – nurses that were working they were like okay let's go outside so we went outside and you know I took my mask off and I was doing my breathing exercise <laughs> I needed like oxygen and she's like okay are we ready to go back out I was like yep we're ready to yes go. And yeah, sometimes... it just takes for someone to take the time out to help you yeah you literally just want someone to listen like listen like sometimes it's yeah. the smallest thing but you just want someone you just like actually want to have a bit of a rant to someone and be like I swear to god before they went to the ward I did that be yourself and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it could just be the smallest thing, but you just want to like, yeah, you've got to talk about stuff. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Um, following on sort of with this as well, people were also asking like, do you find ED is like a toxic work environment? Like 
do you find that the hierarchy like there's any hierarchy I find like from an outsider I've been told Mm. that like nurses have a lot of um autonomy like with ordering bloods and you know yeah you know management honestly don't know this is what I've just heard but yeah yeah no no, I find that everyone works on a really like doctors and everything everyone works really well together and like you know oh or whatever yeah like, I had to explain I the honestly, question <laughs> no no I know what you mean I honestly think I've never felt more a part of a team than what I do in ED um especially when you talk about like doctors nurses physios like everyone's at, I honestly like and I don't want to sound like I'm just painting this picture but we all honestly work so well together at work there is I would never feel like oh my god I can't speak to my director about this or the new grads can't come to me if I'm the manager on the shift. Like I feel yeah. like everyone's very equal and treats each other with respect. But like in saying that, like we're all there, we're all there for a common goal and the camaraderie is great in ED. Um, mm-hmm. And especially because you see so much tragedy and so many awful things that you need to be able to connect with these people on a personal level as well um, to be able to keep coming back every day. But in saying that, like every workplace, it's not just nursing, like everyone has that one or two people that are just not happy about being there. Um, And that's just life. Like that's reality. You're not always going to work with someone that you get along really well with, or they like, they rub you the wrong way. Or I feel like that's just everywhere. Like it's not ED, it's not nursing, it's just everywhere. But I think like the only thing that I could really say about that is just to just like negativity breeds negativity so if you want to go down if you want to go down the little rabbit hole with that person and talk about how shit your day is and how hard this is and no one's supporting us no one's helping us oh my god no one understands I haven't even had a break like you sit there for the day if you want but it's exhausting like Mm. you need to just crack on with it and be like okay anyway like that person's real negative but I'm just going to be here and I'm going to have a good day and I'm going to put my energy into the patients and just don't get involved because you can't carry that energy around like you need to just be positive and just be I don't want to say just be happy at work but if you're not enjoying your job and you just hate it and you're walking around so negative bringing everyone else down you you're gonna have to go somewhere else like that's not good for you like my advice for those people if you if they feel like that they need to maybe think if my job if this job is absolutely taking the best of me and they have enough insight to realise that they're not nice to be around, they need to move on and go somewhere else because they deserve to be happy and enjoy their job and shine somewhere else. Like maybe it's just not there. Yeah. Right now it's like such a hard time. You know, we keep saying oh, it, oh, it's, it's so a hard time hard. for healthcare yeah. workers. But yeah. it is. Like it was really good. The um, educators organised for us kind of like a, a group um a session with one of the um psychologists at work and like oh, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like a you know personal session it was more just like discuss we're feeling at work and sort of a yeah. space event and yeah you know at first I was like oh like how's this gonna oh, go because there was yeah. like two other nurses <laughs> yeah. with me the three of us. but like it was just like open up and like we all like you know we're thinking the same thing but no one's saying it like it's so hard because yeah everyone at the moment at work I feel like just talks about how bad their day is like yeah oh this is bad this is bad and then like like I had like yesterday was an exhausting kind of 
But then the last two shifts were really nice. And I think like, oh, is that yeah. bad? Like, and then someone asked me, oh, how has your shift going? I'm like, oh, actually like pretty good. And like, oh, lucky you. And it's, yeah. Oh, you know, is there something I can do to help you? And they're like, oh, no, no, I'm fine. And it's like, yeah, that's cool that you're, don't need my help right now. But it's like, it's not my fault that I'm having a good day, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you're, no one's ever responsible for everyone, like for anyone else's happiness. Like no. I'm not responsible for my colleagues' happiness. If they choose to not be happy or I don't want to keep saying happy, but um, you're in control of your own path sort of thing. Like you need to work on yourself. I'm going to come to work and I'm going to make sure I get up and I eat breakfast. I'm going to go for a walk before I go to work. Yeah. I'm just going to be positive and I'm just going to think today's going to be a great day no matter what is thrown at me whatever Mm -hmm. or like if it turns out to be a shit day you need to just be like oh my god I thought today was going to be a bloody good day (laughs) like you need to just sort of like push through and I think like it's so we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic like this is not this is not normal like it 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 isn't normal like people need to realize as well that this is something that it will pass and it's temp everything's temporary it's not Mm going to stay like this forever um it will pass and you'll eventually look back on like I think we all will we'll look back on this and be like oh my god what what, what a time that? hey <laughs> what was that like yeah. and like you can't just ignore and pretend like it's not happening but you like I'm not saying ignorance is bliss but you need to sort of you need to just be like okay this isn't forever like opportunities will come and things will change like it's yeah it's a really bizarre um place to be but definitely yeah, if you've got to all talk about it but I think if it just gets to that unproductive space where everyone is then just venting venting to the point where they go down this hole that they just can't get out of you need to always just be constructive and be like okay so these are all the bad things but like what can we do to change it like um mm. think of solution like be a bit more solution focused I guess and that's where I would probably say to people from my work like okay let's acknowledge all this stuff but what are we going to do moving forward because we can't stay there so we've got to move forward what are the solutions what are we going to do like to make yeah. change let's not just sit in this rut um yeah it's important like I think yeah it's really like mindset you know like you have to go into work thinking like today like even if you think it a good day just go mm. in and think today is going to be a good day like if you're going to go into work thinking it's going to be shit like every other day then it probably mm. will be you know like oh for just, sure and like just, the thing is as well yeah yeah the thing is as well like I've worked in ED for like 10 like 10 11 12 years almost and I still like there's still days that like during the the midst of all like the really really bad bits of over the past couple of months there were days that I was a bit nervous going to work like and I remember saying to my husband I'm like oh my god I feel a bit like I feel a bit nervous like yeah. which is weird like it's bizarre and he's like that's all right like it's normal to feel a bit nervous like it's there's something that's going on that's completely out of control like mm-hmm. but just you'll be fine like just get there it'll be good and like it's still normal to feel like that we don't, we're not all these superheroes that like go to work positive and happy and just have the best day ever every day in the middle of a pandemic um so just accept that you're gonna have days like that as well but you've got to wash them off yeah yeah super important and I just wanted to also ask you about like any advice that you have for students and grads like whether they're starting a placement or rotation ED like what should they brush up on before they come and what to expect oh yeah oh I think expect to just have the best time (laughs) well like 
it's they're probably gonna feel super overwhelmed and yeah. I just remember walking in just being like I'm lost like I don't even know where I'm going this department's so big like yeah. being in one section and being like I think I was on one to six like where is that um but just know that like coming from like an educator's perspective I just think we don't have massive expectations of you so don't come thinking that you're just going to take on this big patient load and that's going to be yours and you're not going to get help and you need to know what you're doing like know that there's like this settling in period where you just need to like turn up to work on time and be like keen to learn and just work hard and just want to be there and just like be proactive but I think definitely like definitely know like even common presentations, that's what helped me a lot. Like I wanted to know what, okay, what did I need to do? What are the priorities for a chest pain, for an abdo pain, for someone who's pregnant, um, someone who's had a syncope, a head injury, a seizure, a respiratory patient. Just think of like your common presentations, one that you're going to see, like what's your biggest bang for buck? Like what mm-hmm. are the ones you're going to see all the time? And I'm going to get confident with those ones and maybe gravitate to those ones at the start. That's fine. Um and just always ask questions. Like you don't want to be that person that doesn't want to ask because then it can turn to something bad or you've missed something because you didn't escalate it. Um, always just work together with your buddy and just continually regroup and just catch up and say, okay, this is what I've done. I don't know about this or I don't know what that medication is. Can you help? Like just mm-hmm. always ask for help. That's one of my biggest things. Um, don't ever feel like you need to just drown alone like ED, there are so many nurses in ED, it's ridiculous. Like there's that many people that are willing to help. Um, Yeah, I just would hate for anyone to feel alone and that they just don't know what they're doing. So just always speak up and ask for help. And yeah, just like go through your A to G, if anything, and just think, okay, that's going to be my Bible for the next four weeks. And I'm just going to be really good at those things and documenting and doing things quickly um, without dwelling, just got to move forward. But it's, mm-hmm. it's so great. And just like, I think be, don't be so hard on yourself as well. Know that like the first maybe two months is going to be a bit shit. Yeah. But, but it gets better. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like don't that's think, with yeah. any like grad job. It's not just like, like maybe oh, yeah. like any, it's hard, you know, like you're not going to walk into a ward or like ED or any area and be like amazing at it. You know what I mean? Oh, like, for you sure. have to like work up and like it's scary at the time because you like sometimes you like you finish placement and you're like oh wow like that was really good but it's a whole different ball game when you're actually the actual nurse you know oh it's so, it's so different natural. and uni yeah like uni doesn't prepare you for what like i think my biggest learning curve was my first year of nursing like but even now like i did a succumbent in the same role just at a different department. I was still in ED. I was so nervous. I was literally like, oh my God, like I'm not going to know anyone's names. I don't know the processes. Like they don't know me. Like I've, I haven't had to prove myself over the past five years. Like people know me at my work. They know my capabilities. They know what I can do. And I've almost gotten comf- like very comfortable. And now I'm going to this new environment where I was so nervous. And that was just doing the same thing in the in a different place like and that was foreign to me like that really rattled me a bit um but yeah I think everyone has something unique to offer um and just know that like don't compare yourself like I was that person that I thought I was like 
the same there were two of us that went to ed and i was like the worst one out of the two of us so i remember thinking like oh my god she's she's heaps better she was an en oh my god she's a bit older she's so yeah. much smarter like but just I don't, don't compare yourself it's it's not good for you <laughs> like, i feel like yeah you often do compare yourself to other people because like you all you started off like on the same sort of level i'm doing mm. it in like talking marks but like yeah yeah everyone has different experiences prior you know and just because Mm -hmm. starting fresh rns or ens or whatever you never know like what they've done in the past and like it's okay to be a bit slow at the start you know it's no one's expecting you to be amazing at the beginning yeah no way yeah Mm. it's just yeah don't ever look at what anyone else is doing because that can ruin you because you're literally just like oh my god why am i not doing that why wasn't i like that why is she so smart like (laughs) but you have just as much as potential as what anyone else does um mm. I think it's more you just need to believe in yourself and just be like okay I'm just doing my own thing and I just need to focus on my path and just yeah just go along your own little journey I guess <laughs> yeah very very important and yeah. finally I just wanted to ask do you have any tips for interviews are there any like, common questions oh, yeah. that are asked for ED nursing positions Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there are a couple. Yeah, like some themes. Um, <laughs> I guess like the biggest one is probably all, it, all they all start with like your previous skills and experiences. And like you don't necessarily have to be like, oh, I've done a prac on ED or I've done this. Just tell us what you've done like and mm. what you took out of your last placement or like I did a theatre's rotation and I learned about this and that. Like they just want to know that you've learned something unique in the environment that you're in. Like you don't necessarily have to have ED, how, how do you work in ED if you've never had ED experience sort of thing. So just sort of um, think about, yeah, what you have to offer. Um, I think there's like normally a question on prioritisation. Yeah, um, that's a And like one, maybe, always. yeah, always a prioritisation one. I think ED, a lot of EDs maybe do like a, um, a pa- your patient becomes unresponsive. Like what do you do? Um, so think of having in your head what you would actually do. I'd press the emergency buzzer. I'd try to wake them, like go through sort of BLS. Um, or as a new grad, I would just want to know where the emergency buzzer is and I'd shout out for help. Like um, they just want to know that you're going to escalate. Um, and I think, yeah, so I reckon communi- communication, prioritisation, maybe like a drug error question, like a doctor charts, 20 milligrams of IV morphine. Um, what would you do? Like, is that normal? Is that not? I'd look it up. I'd ask someone. Um, And I think my biggest advice for interviews is just you just want to come and just be yourself. You don't want to sound like this computer-generated responses. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you want to be yourself and just know where your limitations are. You would always act within your scope. Um, And the last bit of interviews, I always tell people when they say to you, like, do you have any questions for us? Like, in your gut, you just want to be like, I just want to get the hell out of this interview. I do not want to sit here for any minute longer. <laughs> but mm-hmm. always, always ask a question. It's so refreshing when someone's like, oh, like they ask, how would you describe your workforce? Or what what would you have to offer me? What support would I get if I was to come work with you? Um, just ask something. Like you want to throw it back on them and let them give you a bit of information about their department. They should be able to speak proudly of their department. We offer this, we offer that. Or um, yeah, mm-hmm. always ask a question at the end, even if you're just dying and sweating bullets and you just want to get out of there. Um, just ask something. It leaves a mark. I like it when people ask that. They, they're they the people that I remember. Yeah, I think that's 
something I always was taught as well, like ask a question, like, because at the end of the day, like as much as you want the, like, also need to sell the job to you as well, you know, just as long Mm. as, even though you want the job, but like, there's plenty of other jobs, like, who should you take that one? You know, like, yeah, I feel like you need to find an area which you actually think, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. But ask, just like the, the culture and, you know, yeah. them speak up about their environment. Yeah, they should feel proud about saying, oh, we cultivate this here and we do that. Like, but mm-hmm. just don't ever be like, can I have every Saturday, Sunday off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, you're in the wrong place. Oh, uh, <laughs> good. Yeah, no. But yeah, always ask a nice question at the end. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's good. Do you have anything else you want to add about? this chat oh important i've had heaps of fun yeah yeah it's been fun thank you so much i just i think everyone like i think my biggest thing as well is like 100 give ed a go if you want it i love it but don't ever feel like defined by not working in a crit care environment i feel like so many people have this like pedestal of like ICU, ED, like these crit care areas, you can be like amazing at your job. And I have so much respect for other people that they would think that they're in a, in a, on a worse ward or we don't do much here or, but everyone is contributing so much and you can just excel at anything. So just don't ever feel like you have to be in this like high pressured environment if it's not for you, like it doesn't define you to be a good nurse if you're in ED. Like just find, I t- my biggest thing is just find what you're just so passionate about because you have to do it forever. So just find something that you really enjoy and that you love. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, yeah, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Just if you're enjoying something, then just take it for what it is and just enjoy it. Yeah, it's very important. I feel like especially like nowadays, like, a lot of people I talk to, they all say, oh, I want to be in ED or ICU or yeah, it is. And it's like, but like other, it's not like the other wards are less than those wards. You know what I mean? Like everywhere, oh, as yeah. you say, like everyone has like their own unique skill set. And like, I feel like we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to another nurse that works in a different area and think, oh, she works in a more like, you know, advanced that requires like yeah. more skill or whatever because like everyone is doing great you know and everyone oh, wants to be sure. in a different room whatever and you can always move like if you don't want to oh, be there you the can thing. go but if you love your job in that area then keep working there and loving it yeah exactly for sure yeah that's 100 percent. yeah but also definitely give it a go if you want it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know. I before like a little quick question, but do you like does your hospital have like something called pool or bank? Like oh yes. Like, do Look, you find I'm not that a... many nurses come from there, or do you most nurses on the floor that are like employed by your ED? Yeah, most of the most of them are employed by the ED, but we do have a nursing like a nursing bank. Mm-hmm. Um. This has just started. Like, I'm not all over staffing a workforce, in all honesty. Yeah. Um, but we there is like a – yeah, that's just started, I think, in our hospital maybe a year or two ago. But we mainly have people that are just employed in our department. We have, like, casuals that work there that have maybe worked in our department and then they've joined the casual pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because we've got, like, 
full, but for the whole hospital. So you, so that was like what my first rotation was. So like you, or for me, I was only on five wards, but if you're employed by like the hospital, then you like wherever has a, you'll go there to fill the ship. Oh, pool. Sorry, like swimming pool. Sorry, I thought you meant like pool because I'm like, what is this? Yeah, we have a casual pool. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we have a casual pool. <laughs> yeah, because some yeah. of my friends are keen to try pool and then they're thinking, oh, like maybe I'm eating. But I was like, oh, like, yeah. you know, maybe. Like I have no idea. I guess it depends on Look, it, different I feel like I feel like it doesn't give you – I feel like going there just once in a blue moon or once every two weeks or something, it, it doesn't give you that full grasp of what ED is. It probably doesn't give you the full orientation. It doesn't give you the resources. I feel like you would start on a bit of a back foot and you wouldn't be given what, um, mm. not given, but if you're employed, like if you're employed by the department, you get like proper orientation, you get mentorship, they figure out where you're working, um, where casual pool, you just sort of, you might be there in the low acuity sort of part of the ED. And I've, I wouldn't want people to just come for a day and be like, oh, my God, that was so bad. Yeah. Um, and, like, I would encourage people to fully, um, if they want a taste of it, just, like, go all in, just apply there. Um, yeah. But it comes to worse. Like, my friend, she did that and she hated it and then she went back Yeah. and she's now doing what she loves. So, like, just because yeah. they can go into something and, you know, you think you might – like and then you don't like you're not trapped there you know like it's no. always good to give anything you think you want a go. go yeah yeah I feel like we actually we uh, I think most EDs do have a bit of a high turnover but in saying that I think it's literally because so many people are gra- like gravitate towards it and they think that's what they want yeah. I don't think it's more like oh god like such a high turnover like burnout central like I think it's more um that they think that that's what they want and they give it a go and then they leave like which is completely fine you, if you have that sitting in the back of your mind like would I like it would I like it would I like it just like go and give it a go and yeah. then be done with it like if you don't like it it's totally fine like it's that's fine yeah but you'll never know unless you give it a try yeah for sure absolutely. exactly so yeah I think that's a a good note to end the episode on just give anything you want and just yeah you go for sure yeah awesome <laughs> no worries Thank you so much for this episode. I really enjoyed it and I'm sure everyone oh, else will. Oh, thank you. Oh, I hope so. I hope I haven't bored everyone. It's gone no, for a while it's now. No, really good. <laughs>